the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome again to Selwyn's Law. I'm Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. One is a master of the laws of taxation, yick, and the other as a master of the laws of intellectual property law, yay. Both of my master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, located in the beautiful Bay Area in downtown San Francisco. And because of my training, my experience, my expertise, and my interests, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate and taxation law. And I am most proud to say that as part of my practice, I'm sometimes able to seek vindication of the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of some of the forms of financial elder abuse. And as always, I'm always so pleased to be able to come to you again from the beautiful KFAX studios in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting families and small business owners. Because as you know, we are the backbone of our American financial community and our families support our capitalistic way of doing things. However, I must once again ask you to note that this show does not provide legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you and your family as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances. And hopefully I can provide you with an outline of some of the issues, the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help for your legal issue, your financial issue. I do this because, as I'm known for saying, representing yourself in a legal matter especially a legal matter concerning the finances of you and your family or your small business, it's just like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And, you know, if you're lucky taking a butter knife to a gunfight and you can get real, real close to your adversary, you might be able to scratch her on the arm or even poke her in the eye, but you more than likely are going to be dead on arrival. That is to say, your valid claim or your valid defenses will likely see the promised land 
way before you do. Since I love to make references to gunfights when talking about the players uh, and their roles in the legal disputes, and I went into great detail last week uh, to share with you what I know about the Western genre in a historical context and why I think Westerns are so important as a metaphor for not only prosecuting and defending legal disputes in our country and around the world anymore, but I also believe in the role that Westerns can play in showing us, us all, but especially our young folk, that they and we do have a duty to stand on the side of and seek out the opportunity to vindicate the rights of the underdogs. And I include in those the underdog classes, the poor, the weak, and those who don't have a voice the way I do on this radio station. When the poor and the weak and the helpless and those without voice are on the right side of an issue or a cause, even when they don't look like us or come from the same backgrounds as we do, and when the odds are against them, then I say we have a duty to at least try to be on the right side with the right people. And even if they're going to be dealing with people on the wrong side who are extremely powerful and have a lot of voice. Quoting the late Roger Ebert, who was an American film critic, a historian, a journalist, a screenwriter, and, and an author, and who was also the film critic of the Chicago Sun-Times between 1967 and his death in 2013, and who in 1975 became the first film critic to win a Pulitzer Prize for criticism. He gave his review of my third favorite Western uh, that was produced by Kevin Costner, that is to say the 2003 movie Open Range, when he said, One of the many ways in which Westerns have become old-fashioned is that the characters in them have values, and they act on those values. Modern action movies have replaced values with team loyalty. The characters do what they do because they want to win, and they want the other side to lose. That sounds like what's going on today in the business and political world, and I've got to say, even unfortunately, in some faith-based communities. Ebert continues pathetically by saying, the underlying text of most classic Westerns, and I do believe this, comes from the Bible. When And he quotes, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? The underlying text of most modern movies is what the late, great Vince Lombardi said, Winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. And Kevin Costner's Open Range, which is an imperfect but deeply involving and beautifully made Western, it works primarily because it expresses the personal values of a cowboy named Boss, who's played by Robert Duvall, and his employee of 10 years, Charlie, who's played by Kevin Costner. Boss does not believe in unnecessary violence, and he's willing to put his own life at risk rather than kill someone just to be safe. Charlie, on the other hand, is an expert killer. He learned this during the Civil War, and he spent 10 years under Boss trying to tame that side of his character. Boss is not only Charlie's friend, but his mentor, and in a sense, his spiritual leader. Charlie doesn't merely work for him. He follows him as a kind of disciple. 
that's what I got out of Westerns when I was growing up. When I was a kid, you spent Friday uh, afternoon and evenings in scouting. You spent Sunday afternoons going to movies, seeing Westerns. And you spent Saturday night with your families. And then Sunday morning, you went to Sunday school and you went to church. And you spent Sunday afternoon watching football (laughs) with your family. So I believe in the values of Westerns. So some of you out there (laughs) are interested in Westerns, too. And so I have a couple more Westerns that I want you to check out. I'm sorry, but my least favorite Western is a movie called Heaven's Gate. It was written and directed by Michael Cimino. Chapino, and um, it's about the Johnson County War that I talked about last week, and it was produced in 1980. I point out the contrast between Heaven's Gate and Chimino's 1978 The Deer Hunter, which I believe is one of the best movies ever made about the Vietnam War and what happens to soldiers before, during, and after a war. Too bad Chapino didn't develop his characters in Heaven's Gate the way he did in The Deer Hunter. But I'll let you decide for yourself. Again, Heaven's Gate, produced in 1980. And the most troubling Western I have ever seen is a movie called Brimstone. It was written and directed by a gentleman by the name of Martin Koolhoven, who's from the Netherlands. It's full of misogyny. But what captured me was its nonlinear storytelling. It starts at the end, and then it goes back and looks at chapters from the end to the beginning, which is a very compelling way to hook someone in. Um, this particular movie stars Dakota Fanning, Guy Pierce, Kit Harrington, who's from the Game of Thrones, and um, a woman by the name of Clarice Van Houten, whom I believe is married to Guy Pierce. And it was produced in 2016. That's brimstone if you want to be kind of shook up by a Western. So <laughs> with my cowboy stuff out of the way, let's once again, uh, tell you that the purpose of Selwyn's Law and KFAX, in case you haven't guessed, is to discuss the law related to your money and your finances, and unfortunately, a lot of time, the lack thereof, and what you need to consider to protect your family's health, wealth, and well-being financially, as I understand it, in this non-threatening educational forum. With that said, we'll continue to discuss entrepreneurship, because I consider entrepreneurship and growing a successful small business to be the flip side of the bankruptcy coin in order to get have a business and get get out of bankruptcy you have to develop uh, strategies and a posture that successful business people utilize but unfortunately even the most successful businesses sometimes fall on financial hard times because of market changes, people's taste change. The best example is what's going on in the real um, in the um, retail industry right now. Malls are going away because of this behemoth called Amazon. And so if you're going to be selling a product, you have to be aware of what's going on in your marketplace and how people's cha- tastes change over time. And you need to be aware of what you can do to reinvigorate your business. And that's what I do as a bankruptcy counsel. I try to help my my small business owners develop a strategic plan and pull themselves out back from the brink. So we're going to pick up with um, talking about what it is you need to do when you're looking at your legal structure and how to pick the appropriate one for yourself. 
But first, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back from the other side, we're going to continue our discussion looking at corporate structures. See you in a minute. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we continue our discussion on some of the key issues you need to consider when structuring your business by taking a deeper look at corporate structures. Last time we talked about sole proprietorships, partnerships, limited liabilities, um, corporations and the like. Those are pass-through business, that is to say. Um, sole proprietorship, you just add on a couple of forms to your 1040 that identify your profit and losses and other exemptions and deductions you're going to take, but you are the entity. Partnerships is similar. It's a collection of individuals that come together, but they're not taxed at the partnership structure. They're taxed at the individual. Same with a limited liability corporation. But corporations are a separate and distinct entity that are taxed at two levels. So there's a few types of corporations uh, that are that are used to structure business. So let's look at a C corporation. It's also known as a regular corporation, sometimes called a C corporation, is a legal entity that's separate from its owners. Its owners are shareholders. In forming a corporation, prospective shareholders exchange their money or their property or both, and they get stock. For federal income tax purposes, a C-corporation is recognized as a separate tax-paying entity. It has to get a tax ID number. A corporation conducts business. It realizes income and loss. It pays taxes, and it distributes profits to its shareholders. If it has, if the board of directors, who is the um, close knit group of people, uh, what do I mean? Corporations can have scores or thousands of shareholders, and all of those shareholders can't, you know, run the company. It has to have a board of directors, usually, you know, in, in, in a big corporation, maybe nine to 15 folk or, or more. In a closely held corporation, meaning like a family-owned corporation, it might just be mom and pop and, and Uncle Joe and Aunt Sally, who are the directors, and they divvy up the responsibility of leadership. Uh, um, one might be mom might be the president, and um, dad might be the um, chief financial officer and, and the like, who's, and there needs to be a secretary, someone who will keep records and keep the books. Again, uh, corporations conduct their business. They realize losses and gains. They pay taxes. They distribute profits to the shareholders if the board decides that's the thing to do. The board might decide that they want to keep the profits and fold them back into the operation of the corporation so it can grow and expand. And, you know, it, it might actually be the best move for the shareholders because uh, a corporation is taxed on its profits, and then when it distributes them to the individual shareholders, the shareholders are taxed at the individual level. Sometimes that might equate to more than 50% tax, tax at the corporate level, and then, you know, maybe another 25% tax at the uh, individual level. But if that um, profit is folded back into the corp- uh, corporation to expand it, then your um, your ownership interest 
grows and it appreciates over time. That's why companies like Apple, you know, their their stock go went from twenty five dollars a share up to, you know, two fifty or whatever it is today by folding that money back into the corporation and doing things that uh, are, are good for society, including hiring people and paying them a salary, so those individuals can pay taxes. Corporations offer the strongest protection to its owners from personal liability, but the cost to form a corporation is higher than the other structures that we talked about last week. Corporations also require more extensive record-keeping, operational processes, and reporting. Not only do corporations have to report to the board of directors, the employees of the corporation report to the board of directors, they also have to report to regulatory bodies. They also have to report to entities that um, let shareholders know whether or not um, the corporation is, is acting as a sound, solid financial citizen as well as a good corporate citizen. They report their financial uh, information to the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, in, um, in the federal level, and they have to report certain information to um, um, the state that they're uh, resident in. So it's needed to be as transparent as possible without giving away trade secrets. Corporations... Um, Uh, Unlike sole proprietorships and partnerships and LLCs, corporations pay income tax on their profit, and in some cases, corporate profits are taxed twice, first when the corporation makes a profit and then when dividends, that's what that shareholder distribution is called, a dividend, is paid to the shareholders. So corporation is controlled by the directors and the officers of the corporation. Costs can be substantial. There are a lot of administrative formalities, and they're ongoing. Uh, corp- if you're going to have a small corporation, initially a closely held corporation, you should hire a lawyer to require all of the required documents, and you should hire a CPA to make sure that you are reporting your information correctly to the taxing authorities and other regulatory bodies. Okay, so liability for d- uh, business debt. It's very limited to none unless the corporate veil is pierced. That is to say, if you are a shareholder and not a managing shareholder, somebody that's in control of the corporation, you know, all you're going to lose is your investment. Uh, Sometimes corporate boards that don't act according to Hoyle, uh, the, the corporate veil is pierced, and one could go after a corporate officer for breaching his or her fiduciary duty to the corporation and its shareholders. As far as tax treatment, again, corporations pay tax on uh, on profits that are earned and the shareholders pay if they take a, a distribution. Expansion and growth opportunities. Corporations have unlimited expansion and growth potential because they are an entity that lives forever unless it has to go bankrupt and then dissolves itself. There's a formal process for creating a corporation and there's a formal process for winding it down. But in between those two poles, a corporation has unlimited expansion potential because shareholders can buy into it and expand its opportunity to move into new markets or to develop new products and services and sustain itself such that it's able to borrow money. It has access to capital and credit because people can make investments into it. And they, they 
So they they um, offer shares. That's ownership. That's equity. But uh, corporations can also offer debt. That is, to, they can sell bonds. And a bond is where you buy something. You pay. You're like the bank. You 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 invest in a corporation. You lend it money, and there's a term on it, and they pay you uh, your interest rate uh, annually or semi-annually, and then there's a maturity date. You get your money back. So that's the way corporations can raise money. Uh, As far as employee and human resource issues, because corporation has unlimited capital raising capabilities, uh, individuals are more likely to want to work for a corporation than a small, small sole proprietorship because they believe that the corporation can raise the capital and offer them uh, long-term employment opportunities. But we're finding more and more that that's an old way of thinking, and it's not necessarily true today. It might just be working for a very small business, even a, a closely held corporation or even some really great sole proprietors might be a better way to go for a, a person looking to enter the job marketplace and to expand with a, a, a company from the ground up. Corporations have access to all kinds of insurance. Now, there's another kind of corporation called an S corporation. And according to the Small Business Administration, a S corporation, sometimes called a subchapter S, is a special type of corporation that's designed to avoid the double taxation regime of C corporations. S corporations allow for profit and some losses to be passed through directly to the owner's personal income without ever being subject to corporate taxation. Not all states tax S corporations equally but most recognize them the same way the federal government does and taxes the shareholders as opposed to the corporation accordingly. Some state tax X corporations on profits above a specific limit, and other states don't recognize subchapter S elections at all, simply treating the business as a C corporation. S corporations have to file with the IRS to set up a subchapter S corporation and it's different. Um, it's it's different from the entities uh, that are the requirements that are necessary for a C corporation. And you also have to register with your state. There are special limits on S corporations. They can have no more than 100 shareholders, and all the shareholders have to be American U.S. citizens. That is to say, U.S. citizens. You uh, still have to follow the strict. Uh, filing and operational processes of a C corporation, but it's a good a good opportunity for entities that want to step up and take advantage of the C corporate structure, uh, and but still have that pass through to the um, uh, owners without the double taxation. Okay, so again, the tax treatment here is pass through. Income and expenses from the operating of uh, of the business are reported on Form 1120S. Every S corporation engaged in a trader business has to file a Schedule K-1 showing its income deductions and other uh, required information for each shareholder, and that information is submitted to the Internal Revenue Service and the state taxing authority so um, the individual can be taxed properly. Uh, as far as expansion and growth, 
It's relatively limited, again, because of the number of shareholders. It's limited to 100 shareholders, so it can't grow big and beyond. But if it's a family-based business or a couple family-based business, it might be a good thing to look at. So one final type of uh, corporation is a B corporation. The only difference between a B and a C is the B has to have some basic beneficial uh, purpose for being, but it's taxed just like a C corporation. So I'm going to leave it there for now. And, you know, I'm just, as I always say, (laughs) uh, you know, till next time, I urge all of us to stay on the right side of the law. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.